Well, it's been a few weeks, but welcome back to a new edition here of the Post-Sermon Wrap-Up Podcast. I am Pastor Scott. And this is Pastor Kevin. And we are here to break down this week's sermon from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, the source of unity. I thought and... you were going to say we're here to break dance at first, oh, and I was no. getting nervous. <laughs> <laughs> That would be quite the sight to see, and I would be the only one who would be here to witness such a thing. But no, we are here to uh, to uh, take a closer look at uh, this uh, wonderful passage here from uh, this past Sunday, and this was a uh, this was the hinge point really of the book, isn't it? Yeah. So we have what's the there for? There for? We have turned the corner on uh, Ephesians. We have uh, transitioned from the first half officially to the second half. This. A uh, big uh, hinge that Paul has transitioned from now the what we know and who we are in Christ to now what do we do with that. Yep. And so uh, it's interesting that the very first place that he goes to is walking in unity. Hmm. And Kevin, yeah. you had talked about in kind of the introduction to your sermon about just how so many Christians experience uh division in different ways and maybe one of the ways that resonated with a lot of folks was this idea of you know being a part of different church congregations in their life Mm -hmm. so um we know many people who have um separated from certain churches um obviously some people have just moved from one place to the other just different seasons of life but you know as we think about this subject of unity if unity is so important for christians uh maybe kind of twofold why do why do separations happen and yep. uh but maybe the other thing that some people in the congregation are just wrestling with as you hear you is just is when is it okay to separate or is it okay to separate um because it feels like there are times where that might be worth consideration so can you maybe yeah. just help shepherd or people understand why do why do separations occur and then are there good and biblical reasons for why we should separate yeah that's a great question scott so james 4 is my go-to passage that um tells us why separations happen right and ultimately it's because we have warring desires in our hearts so the reason we fight is because we have these um these, these raging desires that want to be right. And mm-hmm. so fundamentally, at the most basic level, if you'd simplify it to the lowest common denominator, the reason people leave churches, mm-hmm. the reason churches split, is because of sin. Mm-hmm. So um, praise God, we have, a, we have a Savior who calls us to, who not only forgives our own sin, but causes us to walk in, in mercy and forgiveness towards others. Mm-hmm. Um, so then when you say, well, to answer the second part of the question, when is it right? When is that sin so significant mm-hmm. that I should separate, that Jesus would want me to separate from one local church and go to another one? Because just because there's sin in the church doesn't mean I should separate, yeah, right? I mean, God point. calls yeah. us to be peacemakers. Mm-hmm. And Matthew 5 says, if you're coming and worshiping and remember there that your brother has something against you, leave mm-hmm. your gift at the altar, go first, be reconciled with your brother. Mm-hmm. So he's he's saying, yeah, there's a way to reconcile sin in mm-hmm. the church that doesn't mean running. Yeah. <laughs> it's called uh, conflict resolution. It's called reconciliation. It's called the ministry of forgiveness. It's called the ministry of peacemaking. Mm-hmm. So when should we, when is the sin in the church significant enough that we should leave? 
I would say um, actually verses four to six in our text really give us the right doctrine mm-hmm. that says if, if we're leaving for a theological difference, mm-hmm. let's make sure it's one of these seven doctrines that mm-hmm. are listed out where we have an irreconcilable difference on these doctrines, because these are the essential non-negotiable doctrines that mm-hmm. define Christ's church. So if I'm part of a local church that mm-hmm. disagrees in salvation by faith mm-hmm. alone, through Christ alone, mm-hmm. <laughs> for the glory of God alone, like yeah. then I'm not part of a true church mm-hmm. of Jesus. So if I find myself in a religious organization mm-hmm. that no matter what they profess, would not be in agreement with one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, one body, one spirit, one hope of that calling, mm-hmm. then then that I, I'm not part of a true church. Yeah. Is that does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's significant. Yeah. Yeah. Now there's other things that uh, sometimes just because we live in a sinful world and and life is messy <laughs> and everything's not black and white, sometimes there's matters of preference that that raise to the place of uh, conflict, that it's it's just not going to be mm-hmm. healthy or wise to walk together mm-hmm. because of the strength of this agreement. And if that's the case, um, and there's another good church available mm-hmm. to you, a good local church available to you, it can be wise mm-hmm. and healthy for mm-hmm. you to leave. But those things should be done very carefully and with much humility and with much communication with mm-hmm. your church leadership to make sure that every a- attempt at peacemaking has first mm-hmm. been re- attempted yeah. with with a spirit of humility. And then when that, when that separation does happen, mm-hmm. it's done with love mm-hmm. and with kindness and with well-wishing for each other. Mm-hmm. So I know that's kind of a squishy answer. Help me. Yeah. Maybe that question is so easy, you should answer that, well, Scott. <laughs> I don't know that it is easy. Cause, and so we don't, first of all, we want to make sure people don't feel guilty if like this is something that's been in your past, like this is not meant as a guilt thing. But it is just helpful for us to think through because uh, there are matters of weighty significance. So you talked about kind of like what we would maybe call those first order doctrines yep. and first order teachings. Um, so we, I think a few weeks ago, discussed that theological triage mm-hmm. and just what we mean with that is just kind of the different levels of disagreement yep. that exists within the church where it's like, you know, that those first order ones are of, yeah, like that's, that's a, like, we're talking about the real faith versus not, right? right. Like, you know, another gospel essentially. Right. And that's, that is important that you are not a part of that. But as you continue to go down, it's like these different degrees to which are of greater value where it's like people can disagree on these, but still be united in their common faith. But maybe, as you said, it's maybe just not going to be wise, right? So if you have a very strong conviction on believers baptism, but you're in a church where they're pedo Baptists and they're right. baptizing kids all the time or something, and that's just something that's going to consistently gnaw at you. It's okay. Like yeah. there, there's, and but I think one of the things that you just said that's so important here is doing everything you can to communicate well with your church, enter into study with them uh, with humility and gentleness, yeah. and understand that it's okay to come to an admirable conclusion that you know we're not on the same page here, and so for the best interests of both parties, it's you, right. you can separate in a way that is. Right is admirable. And so I'm thankful that we can shepherd people who have been through those types of things before. Not always easy. Um, 
but we we do tell people that you know they should feel a weight of significance when they leave a church some people it's like just church hopping is what they do which is just not right but people should feel that weight of leaving a church because it is significant mm-hmm. yeah um, christ has called us to one body yep so what do you do scott if somebody comes to newcastle and they say you know, as part of this church across town, mm-hmm. and it's a great church. I love this church. I love mm-hmm. the leaders there. But, you know, it's a smaller church, and mm-hmm. they don't have very good programs mm-hmm. just because of the size for my youth. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to come to Newcastle because you have, you know, mm-hmm. a, a larger youth program. Mm-hmm. How do you counsel a family yeah. to think through that question mm-hmm. um, because there's not really a doctrinal issue yeah. per se. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's more of a practical mm-hmm. ministry consideration. Yeah, and we have been through that with some people before. And I mean, the couple things that come to mind with a conversation like that is number one is just making sure people are not jumping the ship too quickly, right? And mm-hmm. so, really shepherding through that. There there might be bigger things that are actually behind that or motivating it. And so that's not wrong to just kind of process with, especially the parents. You know, mm-hmm. it's one thing with, you know, if it's a teenager who's coming to our ministry, this is not their, uh, this the weight of this is not on them so much as it is on right. the parents. So it's just evaluating that for them. But we do have other instances where it's just, you know, maybe they're involved with some of our youth programming, but the other church is still their home church. We actually have had a number of kids where it's like their church does not have robust children's ministries or, or, uh, or youth ministries. And that's not a, that's not a a slam against the church or anything. It's just the size and dynamics of where they are. And so I don't see that always as such a, like our church versus your church, more so a, like, this is a, actually uh, an expression. We wouldn't maybe call them all the times church partners, but this is the church working together with other churches to say, you know what, let's come alongside you and help you in some of these areas that, wouldn't that, that be cool? you know, and, and that's so, like an Ephesians you know, 4 it's, thing. It's yeah. not a, uh, oh, our church is better because we have this. It's like, okay, like understanding we we're in a place where we, God has blessed us, where we have the resources, we have the ability to do this. And so praise God, if we can come alongside you and serve you in this capacity. And that's really, I mean, good. we could go on for probably 10, 15 more minutes about that conversation. Cause there are a lot of nuances, but those are just some of the things that we have to just think about from a shepherding perspective, but also understanding that, a, that church unity yeah. aspect of just saying like, understanding Sometimes churches are in positions to help one another yeah. in ways that the other can't uh, maybe carry out the way they would desire to. I think one of the biggest takeaways, Scott, for me from my study of Ephesians 4 this week was just to be convicted about how I'm so quick to want to justify my departure from my past denomination by judging them and throwing them under mm-hmm. the bus. Yeah. All the while realizing, um, like, there's so much pride in that in my heart, mm-hmm. you know, and just so I think I think where <clears throat> I walked away from is just like, okay, we we have these second tier issues that are that are significant, and often we will separate from each other over matters of the mode of baptism or the matters mm-hmm. of the sign gifts or women in leadership or you know those type of things. I mean, some of these things are significant enough that they cause mm-hmm. separations among God's people. And yet they're not salvation issues. They're important. They're yeah. significant, but they're not salvation issues. And so for that matter, we just need to be humble enough yeah. to not be attacking God's children with friendly fire just for the sake of proving ourselves right. So 
help us then think through, practically speaking, what does this balance of truth and love actually look like? You know, you mentioned before that uh, in the sermon that so often, you know, the churches that are strongest on truth are the ones that lack the most love or the ones that are most loving are the ones who have mm, compromised yeah. and really have kind of pushed truth to the side. And yeah. we just recognize that there's ditches that we can fall into as, as not just churches, but as individual Christians, um, just understanding that sometimes we, you know, say, man, doctrines, I don't, that's, that, that's so heady, you know, that's for the scholars, the preachers, the guys going to seminary, but I just need, you know, just tell me how to live or just talk to me about, you know, how I experience God right. all at the expense of doctrine uh, and then others who are just apathetic towards it. So just help us think about what is that balance of truth and love and living out the Christian faith uh, look like? And I know it's maybe yeah. not a simple answer, but it's, maybe it's just some not, But if I, if I try to just simplify it, I think... You have to take all of Ephesians, all mm -hmm. six chapters. You can't just live in the first three chapters. You can't just live in the last three chapters. You have to take all three chapters. And so if I'd summarize that, I'd say we have to be gospel-centered mm -hmm. or Christ-centered. Mm -hmm. And what does the gospel do? The gospel is always about the inside more than the externals. Mm-hmm. And I think that the ditch of the person who's all about experience or the ditch that's all about the person who's, who's all about doctrine, mm -hmm. both of those ditches are actually the same. Mm -hmm. They're a ditch that's focused more on external, you know, external knowledge, external experience, mm -hmm. rather than the heart mm -hmm. of love for God and awe. Yeah. And so I just think this gospel-centered life is going to continue to drive us to humility because we're going to be in such awe that a God would love us. And the more we study, we're not studying to be puffed up and to have head knowledge and to be able to, to, mm -hmm. to win an argument. We're studying because, like, wow, I'm learning more and more about how God loves me and my identity is rooted and grounded in God, not mm -hmm. anything I've done. I didn't deserve that. And what does that do? That humbles us. Yeah. And so doc, the end of orthodoxy should be, mm -hmm. you know, what do we say? Uh, doxology. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, should, it should actually be worship, mm -hmm. yeah. not head knowledge. Mm -hmm. and, and, and then that's actually what fuels the experience mm -hmm. of godly marriages, mm -hmm. godly parenting, fighting sin. Mm -hmm. Like if you, if you detach your Christian experience mm -hmm. from a robust theology, mm -hmm. you'll just be a deist. Mm -hmm. You'll just be a behaviorist. Mm -hmm. You'll be a more moral, yeah. moralist, uh -huh. but, but you'll, it'll be in your own strength. Mm -hmm. So I just think to be, you know, the encouragement for me is constantly to say, Lord, Humble me by helping me to to recognize more and more your grace, mm -hmm. your undeserved gospel work in my life, and may I live in response to that. Mm -hmm. um, so does that make sense? It does, yeah. I, one of the uh, scriptures that was coming to my mind as we were talking here uh, was just... There's no one particular, but as you look at like the book of First John, right? John, mm, John yeah. loves to talk about this balance. Um, in fact, First John is a great book to read through if you're, you know, wondering, <laughs> is it either or? Well, he's the one who really stresses the both and of these things. In fact, First John really is kind of a, a book that 
shows what genuine saving faith looks like. Yeah. Uh, to help people know that they are in the in the truth. And so, you know, those three signs that he really kind of hits on time and time again throughout that book are, number one, a right understanding of God. Well, that's yep. theology, right? That's yep. doctrine. Yep. Um, he's fighting against people who have very false understandings of God, and so truth is very important. It's a, uh, so a right understanding of God. It's a uh, right expression of love towards yep. brothers and sisters yep. in Christ, right? So the sacrificial uh, giving yourself for the sake of others. And then third thing, obedience to God. Yep. Obedience to the commands of God, which kind of encompasses both of them. You yeah. can't be obedient if you don't know the truth. Yeah, and really you true. don't know what that looks like until you actually live it out towards other people. And so just seeing the those things come together in a perfect blend there, uh, it is it is a tragedy for many churches that it's it feels like it has become a little bit of an either or because it's very few churches it feels like you can go to where you see that really lived out in both ways and don't want to paint with too broad a strokes on that but it is very much uh i think we all know we've experienced churches like yep. that and i think that's because the human heart is always striving after the external mm-hmm. we want to do something we want to we want to see our our spirituality. We want to we focus on the visual, you know, mm-hmm. and the gospel of God, like Christ likeness, is invisible. It's a matter yeah. of the heart, and and when it truly is a matter of a heart, it works out in obedience of faith, mm-hmm. and that obedience is visible. But it's just so easy to fake and pretend mm-hmm. as a Christian, and so. We, we must not do that, whether it's in just learning Bible facts or whether it's in mm-hmm. just trying to be a moralist. Makes sense, yeah. Well, I think that's where we'll stop for our time today. This has been a, a really fruitful discussion. We trust that you've been encouraged by it. And again, as you guys study this as a church family, if you have more questions and things you would love for us to talk about as we uh, really get into the second half of Ephesians, I mean, we're going to talk about some very significant um, matters in the weeks to come, things from putting off sin to marriages and mm-hmm. uh you know walking in the truth we we would love to just know how we can best come alongside you so if you have questions anything that we can be of help with please make sure you reach out but otherwise uh this is us signing off for uh this week and we will look forward to seeing you again next week love you church